Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, May 11th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we ask how to make Mississippi better. MPB reporter Kobe Vance sits down with two experts focused on improving economic and health outcomes in the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A new report from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control indicates gun violence continues to disproportionately impact poor and African-American communities. This as Mississippi reels in the wake of a shootout at the state fairgrounds that left one person dead and eight reportedly injured. Lorenzo Neal is a pastor in Jackson and an advocate for firearm violence prevention. He speaks with Kobe Vance. We have to deal with a a couple of things. We have to deal with the economic issues. We have to deal with infrastructure. We have to deal with education. And as a pastor, we have to deal with the, uh, the spiritual component. So those are a lot of things that have to be addressed. When it comes to socioeconomic issues, we know that uh, urban communities, especially here in Jackson, are more likely to be highly, highly impacted by gun violence negatively. Uh, we know, one, um, accessibility to guns. Uh, by teenagers and by persons who should not uh, have weapons is still a big issue and something that we can address. uh, Well, at least the legislature needs to address um, how do we keep the guns out of the hands of persons who should not have them? How do we deal with the issue of gun trafficking here in the state of Mississippi and across the country? Those are the things that must be directly uh, addressed by state legislators. Second thing is when it comes to uh, curbing gun violence is we need to teach those who are gun owners, like myself, I'm a gun owner, how to be responsible gun owners, particularly when it comes to safe handling and safe storage of guns. There have been too many and um, a number, an increased number, not just with homicides, but also accidental shootings largely by children, teenagers, and adults because uh, unsecured firearms. So that's the thing we also need to do for those gun owners um, to teach them um, how to be responsible gun owners, safe gun owners, 
and to decrease accessibility of guns to uh, teens and uh, other persons. Looking at the rates reported by the CDC um, from the 2019 to 2020, counties with high poverty rates saw a 4.5 times higher homicide rate than counties with low poverty rates. You know, what are your thoughts on being able to address this gun issue when it, or firearm issue when it comes to areas that do face poverty? It goes back to addressing it in an intersectional manner because socioeconomic factors a great deal into gun violence. You know, there's there's the the anxiety, the, the angst, and all the other things that come with persons who feel as if they are economically uh, oppressed and uh, don't have access to some of the most basic needs or live in areas where there may be food deserts and things of that nature. And so that heightens the that heightens the negative response they may have when it comes to basic personal and interpersonal relationships and interactions. So you have to do that to increase accessibility to things, you know, expanding Medicare and Medicaid and all of that, which our legislatures, uh, legislators uh, are hesitant to do based on fiscal arguments. And me being a fiscal conservative myself, I can understand that. But at the same time, I know that those are some of the things that we can do that can ensure a greater uh, decrease in gun violence prevention in not just rural communities, but also even in urban communities uh, here in the capital city. So that's one thing we can address. Um, the other thing comes to allocating funds, uh, not just federal funds, but also state and city funds or in private funds to uh, meet the needs of local communities intervening uh, in organizations that are doing uh, interventions. So when we talk about city gun violence, we have to talk about uh, violence interrupters and programs that can do so. And we have those here in the city of Jackson um, where we, that, you know, that can be funded. The last thing I, I was going to say, when it comes to ec economic distress, we have to have people who are informed about their distress. A lot of people in rural communities they're experiencing it, but they're not as informed about how to address it and articulate it to uh, their local officials and to their state officials and definitely to federal officials. And we have to better uh, get them to articulate that and not just articulate that, but to act in positive ways to in, in the ways to ensure that positive change happens for them. I also wanted to ask about uh, racial disparities that were identified in this report. Um, in 2019, 19... Black residents per 100,000 residents were killed from gun violence, and then that has jumped in 2020's report to 27. When it comes to the black community in Mississippi, uh, which has, you know, the state has one of the largest black populations in the nation, what do you think could be done specifically for you know, black Mississippians to be able to curb gun violence? It is an unfortunate thing that a great majority of the gun violence that happens in uh, the state of Mississippi is, happens in uh, rural areas and urban areas that are heavily populated by Black Americans. Um, it, what can be done is it takes a community and it takes, I hate to use this phrase, I really dislike using it because it's become, it's lost its power, but it does take a village. And that's that's where organizations and 
um, it, such as strong arms and other violence interruption programs uh, can help. Um, and also, uh, this being Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, seriously addressing the mental health needs of uh, the Black community. Uh, being a pastor, I'm also a, a counselor and therapist, and one of the things I focused on is a uh, family systems approach to not just my uh, counseling, but also to ministry and helping families understand how they function as an emotional unit. And there's some disjunct. And um, I know a lot of conservatives use this family values platform as they run and talk about uh, households without fathers and all of this. And and sometimes they are successful in presenting some some rhetoric that appeals to their audience, but is not really addressing the need. Uh, and so we have to address the disparity, economic disparity, that most of these urban communities and rural communities face. We also have to address, again, you know, the educational component. We need to invest more into our public schools. And even though, you know, I'm a supporter of school choice and all of this, I also value and understand that the great majority of the students are part of our public school system. And if they're underfunded, if teachers are underpaid, even with the new pay rates that they've gotten, uh, that creates a, a, a larger opportunity for those persons to get involved in negative behaviors that can contribute to higher gun violence in our communities. So we have to do that. And the other thing is we got to be open and talk about the gun violence problem in our communities. We don't need, uh, we should not have media putting this information out. We have to be engaged, active, and aware and control the narrative. We have to say that we are aware of gun violence. We have to get beyond the statistics to hear the stories, to see the people, to remember that these are human beings. And for, you know, for the legislators, we have to remind them of the fiscal uh, responsibility that they have when it comes to gun violence. It impacts everything, every person, every Mississippian. It costs every Mississippian when someone loses their life or is injured by gun violence. And these are the things that we can, you know, when we articulate it to the broader community, get them to understand it, buy into it, and then take action on it. That is how we can really see positive change when it comes to gun violence prevention. That's Pastor Lorenzo Neal of Jackson. Coming up, a deep dive into brain drain. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. One term that's increasingly thrown around with regard to Mississippi's structural woes is brain drain. That refers to the decades-long phenomenon of talented and or college-educated young Mississippians flocking away from the state in mass. Jake McGraw manages Rethink Mississippi, which is a project from the Alluvia Collective that aims to combat and reverse brain drain. He speaks with Kobe Vance. What is, is so thorny about this issue is that the the causes are, are also the, the consequences. They feed each other. Uh, and so what it what it does is it it hurts our, our state's economy. 
it means that there are fewer jobs available, uh, fewer specifically high-wage jobs available. When folks uh, who've gotten higher education leave, it depresses the overall salaries that can be commanded in the state. It also means that we're not starting or growing innovative businesses in the state. Uh, and so there's there's a huge impact in terms of, of our economic mix in the state, just what types of jobs that we have available. It also hurts our tax base. I mean, we, we see, you know, anytime you're losing more people, more potential taxpayers than you're bringing in, it means that you have fewer fewer people who are paying to support public services, fewer people are paying for support public schools uh, to maintain infrastructure. Uh, and so that's that's something that that creates a number of problems. I, I live here in Jackson. And, and so, you know, it's very clear the, the cost of out migration on on the infrastructure on the roads and water and sewer. Uh, so you can see it quite clearly. Uh, you can see that in a lot of places. Uh, it also means that in the long run, we're going to struggle to maintain uh, schools and, and healthcare systems uh, that are uh, at even performing at the same level as they are today. Uh, if we continue to see that that outflow of tax dollars, um, and then finally, I think it it, it has a a cultural, a social impact. When you have fewer people in a place, there's less vibrancy. Often, there's less diversity. People, people go where their peers are. This is something that you especially see with, with young folks. Uh, and something that I've heard a lot is that, you know, I, I feel kind of lonely and isolated in Mississippi because all my friends have left. And so, you know, there, it plays out in, in terms of, of just people's, people's lives here, people's lived experiences, their communities. Uh, and it also, all of these things, the economic, the the sort of tax issues and and the quality of public services that we have and the the social and cultural components um, those are those are all uh, reasons that people cite for leaving um, and so they are both cause and consequence of the same vicious cycle. You know when people are looking to staying in Mississippi or leaving after they graduate college. You know, what are some of the major things people are looking for um, to make that decision? One trend that we've seen very clearly around the, the country is that people are moving to cities. And it's not it's not necessarily the biggest cities. It's not it's not just New York and L.A., uh, but people are moving to uh, mid-sized cities, uh, cities like Nashville, uh in the last 10 years, which is, has grown rapidly and it's become a larger city, but um, places like Birmingham and Little Rock and Northwest Arkansas. And so people are, are, are drawn to places that aren't just the, you know, the big metropolitan areas, but, but places that have urban amenities. Uh, I think one, one perhaps change that we've seen uh, in the last decade or two is that Mississippians that want to go and, and have those urban amenities and, and have the lifestyle that comes with it, they don't have to travel as far as they used to. So, you know, you can go back 
decades in Mississippi and find people who've left for New York, Chicago. Certainly, we have the history of the Great Migration going going to to large northern cities, western cities. Right now, we see a lot of people that are moving to other southern states, uh, but they are they are moving to uh, cities in those states, uh, everywhere from Texas all the way to Georgia. But that's the people are able to find those things much closer to home than they used to, which I think poses an even greater challenge because uh, it still keeps people connected with families and, and friends and communities. A lot of the things that people really value about Mississippi and, and what keeps them attached to the state, but but they're they're still uh, leaving and, and getting a lot of the the benefits of of being in in bigger and uh, more vibrant places uh, that provides uh, a lot of the things that, that young folks are, are looking for. If you had to pick a few or one or a few things to say are the priorities to address when trying to mitigate brain drain, you know, what do you think are some of the most effective tools Mississippi could do to try to keep people in the state? Yeah, so it's it's a uh, you know, unfortunately, there's not there's not a, a silver bullet. Uh, it takes uh, a lot of different things done by different people, and so I, I, I look at it. In this way, it, I think on on you know a lot of people where they first turn when trying to answer these questions is state government, and I think what state government does is create the the conditions for growth or the conditions for decline, uh, but they but they are not able to solve the problem themselves. So my recipe for state government is is really just to to do the fundamentals, do the things. That frankly, that they should should be doing anyway. Uh, fully funding public education, which not only pays off in a better educated state, uh, but also means more jobs for teachers, for administrators, jobs that provide a, a middle class backbone to a lot of communities communities around the state. Um, what we've seen is that college graduates who who have majored in, in education are among the most likely to stay in Mississippi. Uh, but, but if we continue to underfund education, we just create fewer employment opportunities uh, for them. And we've seen huge teacher shortages, uh, even with the, the positions that we do have available. The second is, is infrastructure. I, I think a lot of the same logic that, that has a, a long run effect on growth in the state, uh, but it also creates good paying jobs that, that are going to be based in the state for everybody from engineers to, to, to folks working in construction. Uh, and finally, healthcare, uh, expanding Medicaid, getting more money into our healthcare system so that where we're no longer closing rural hospitals, but we're actually expanding healthcare facilities also creates jobs uh, for people who are working in, in the healthcare industry. Um, and so all of those things contribute to uh, just more employment opportunities for people to stay in Mississippi. And so that's that's my recipe for state government. But a lot of this is, you know, something I, I when I talk to groups, I, I say that, you know, folks, folks from Mississippi, we, we care a lot about our state. We deeply identify with Mississippi. And so when we leave the state, we say we've left Mississippi, but where they go is not Georgia or Texas. They go to Atlanta, they go to Houston, they go to Dallas. Um, and so 
people choose where to move based on a city or a community. Um, and that a lot of the solutions need to be uh, based on the, the local level. And so I think creating places, uh, and this can be everything from, from small towns to, to Jackson, our largest city, but finding places that provide good quality housing, good quality schools, have infrastructure that is maintained, uh, and then providing things to do. Uh, a lot of people people move to those big cities because you know they have entertainment and recreation, they have bars and restaurants, they have opportunities to meet people and do things. You know that's something that that isn't specific to any any one place, um, and that there are a lot of places in Mississippi that that are providing those things and, and are seeing that they can buck the trend about migration. Uh, and so I think that that a lot of our solutions need to happen on the community level, just thinking about what we can do to make uh, these places better for the people that that are living here currently. I think that that is that is something that that, that we really need to to put an emphasis on if we are going to stop this this outflow of of young people and talent. That's Jake McGraw of Rethink Mississippi. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. Join us tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition only on MPB Think Radio. Have a good day.